I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today, this is a bonus episode, and Molly is going to read cartoons. I mean, from the New Yorker. From the New Yorker. I don't mean like children's Saturday morning cartoons. No, those are hard. Which, by the way, are no longer just on Saturday morning. Really? Well, I I don't know, because I don't have a TV that (laughs) is actually hooked up to the... So wait, so you lied? Well, no, but it's like, you know, when we were kids, Matthew, we had to wait until the cartoon was on on TV. Oh, absolutely. And now there are like 8 billion cartoons available on demand, and I I don't even... And then there are entire channels of just cartoons. Does So I know June watches... By the way, this is not an episode about cartoons. It's I mean, about like animated cartoons. No, this is is about New Yorker cartoons. Right. Uh, But so I know June watches Peppa Pig, right? Not really anymore. Okay. Now. Uh, does she's, she right, she's into Magic School Bus right now. Oh, Magic School Bus is classic. Right on the Magic School Bus. Is that is is the Magic School Bus theme song by like Little Richard or someone cool? I don't, I don't no, I think it is. That, there was an era when they were doing like all the cartoon theme songs, um, like in like Jamaican style with like steel drums and stuff. Like the interesting, like the Clifford theme song. I don't remember that at all. Anyway, so so as you listeners may remember, there have been a, at least a couple of instances when I have, in the course of talking about something completely unrelated, wanted to tell Matthew about a New Yorker cartoon uh-huh. that I read. Which I think, which and, which is worse, when someone wants to tell you about a cartoon or tell you about a dream they had. Speaking of which, I had a crazy dream oh my last God, night. I did too. Okay, let's do this. Can we do this first? Yeah. Okay. I think people okay. get what the conceit of the bonus episode is. So there is this uh, quite prominent lesbian photographer named Cass Bird. And cool anyway, name. I had a dream last night that... I was like watching a documentary uh, about like a musician. Okay. And and somehow this musician blended, uh, like, this musician had made Graceland. (laughs) Oh, I think I have. Can I guess who this musician is? But they also made Born in the USA. Okay. (laughs) Okay. But to me, in my dream, this was seamless, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. This was the same musician. They'd they'd gone through their like Uh um, African music phase. And then they did this like Americana, uh, Born in the USA. um, Yeah. Anyway, I was watching this musician perform on the streets of New York. Okay. And it was Cass Bird. Uh-huh. And she was an amazing dancer and she was topless. But anyway, I was thinking to myself, oh my God, she did she made all those Bruce Springsteen songs, but in my I mind they were so. all they were all cast bird songs. Wow. And she had also done Graceland. <laughs> And it you went should, on should, and on and on. You should email her. Do you, is this someone you know personally? No, God, I don't know her at all. She's like... Uh, okay, then that would be kind of a weird email. It would be super weird. Um, my dream was there was something wrong with the lamps in the living room of, of my apartment, <laughs> and they kept like flickering off, and I would have to like jiggle the light oh, bulbs. Oh, you know, I've heard about this show, Stranger Things. <laughs> exactly. That was, clearly, that was part of it. Yeah. Um, and then it turned out that the reason this was... I, I, I complained to my manager about it, and he's like, I don't know. Um, and it turned out the reason was that we had adopted a new family motto <laughs> that contained the word mayhem, <laughs> and that's what was causing the problem. This made total sense in the dream. So I'm like, I say to the family, like, great, we just have to change the motto so it doesn't have the word mayhem in it, and then it won't be dark around here all the time (laughs) and they were like but we love mayhem do you guys have a family motto (laughs) of course (laughs) not do you have like a crest or like a a, a coat of arms oh yeah it's got like a rice ball on it and (laughs) (laughs) like a Uh, microphone takoyaki Uh Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's mostly it's mostly just like <laughs> octopus balls, uh, stuff, foods, foods from Japan that you could put pick up and hold in your hand. <laughs> yeah, what would your family motto be? Um, that's a really good question. Mayhem, mayhem, um, I've mayhem. I've thought about this a lot since you asked me. Uh, <laughs> it, just get doing what needs to be done. <laughs> that's your family motto? God. I don't know. Uh, you put me on the spot. What, what's your family motto? Um, uh, maybe something from a cartoon. Yeah. Um, hey, let's talk about New on York. The, or- on the internet, nobody knows you're an Amster Burton. What? <laughs> Possibly the most famous New Yorker cartoon ever, the one about the dog on the internet. Oh, I don't I don't know about that. What um what is it? <laughs> it was from like nineteen ninety six and it's a and it's a dog sitting in front of a computer and the caption is on the in- wait a minute, you're supposed to be reading me cartoons. <laughs> on <laughs> the, the internet? Ca- <laughs> Nobody knows you're a dog. Yes. So I, I sometimes I think about like the psychology of these things. Like uh-huh. most cartoons are not funny mm-hmm. and they make dumb ass commentary on dumb ass stuff. But when you read them, they become funny. <laughs> really? Let's that's see the, about that. That's the hypothesis. Let's see about that. So yesterday I spent a bunch of time with like a big stack of New Yorkers, which <laughs> Oh, as, oh as, my God. This must have been the greatest assignment of your career. This was almost as good as when I was researching Pringles uh-huh. and went down the rabbit hole of the Pringles. Wow, you can stack Pringles with. <laughs> Website. Yes. I was like, wait, I, that's my family motto. Wow, you can stack Pringles. <laughs> and there's a website for that. Uh huh. They have an app for that too. Yeah. Uh, wait, is there really a Pringles app? I may, there probably is. I probably, I don't know. But anyway, okay, so I went through a whole stack of New Yorkers, which, as anybody who subscribes to the New Yorker knows, a stack of New Yorkers is a, a common feature in, in most New Yorker subscribing households. Oh, I think even if you don't subscribe, like, I wouldn't be surprised if I found a stack of New Yorkers around the house, even though we've never <laughs> subscribed. <laughs> yeah, it just, it's it's like the, the brown, more marated stink bug. It, it's like an invasive. <laughs> and if you get, still I mean, haven't if seen you, it again. If you get one, you're going to have many. <laughs> All right. I'm moving. That's oh, it. Okay. Anyway, so um, so yeah, I tore out uh, or, or brought to our, our recording session today uh, some ones that stuck out for me. And it happened that they were all by the cartoonist Roz Chast. Of course. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, here's the first okay. one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Don't let me look. Okay. So um, so the the title up at the top is The Queen Meets Auto Reply. Okay? I like it already. And then we have a queen who's staring at a, a mirror. And she says, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? And the mirror has all these different options. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Thanks. I'll check it out. Glad to hear it. Same to you. Great. See you Wednesday. What do you think? Um, It's good. It makes me it makes me try and think about like I've I've occasionally I mean, mostly I feel like those those Gmail auto reply things work pretty well. But I've every once in a while gotten an inappropriate funny one. But I can't think of any specific examples. You know, it's kind of hard to to tell you. Oh, I didn't even know I was going to get to see the cartoon after. Yeah, totally. Okay, thanks. Okay, now this one is not a Roz Chast one. And, And this one. Wait, who is it? This is. If you can't read the signature, just guess. L. Fink. Okay. Um, That's a good cartoonist name. Okay. So this has, um, you see part of a castle surrounded by a moat, and there's a bridge going over the moat, and there is uh, someone wearing a crown standing on the moat, looking up, or standing on the bridge. (laughs) It's hard hard to stand on the moat unless you're Jesus. (laughs) Standing on the bridge (laughs) and looking up at a window. 
and he's shaking something into the water of the moat. Oh, is okay. it, it going to be a joke about the things we were talking about recently that you powder you put in water? And No, okay. he says, I'm making moat meal. <laughs> Do you want some? <laughs> I don't know why that really got me. I was, I was sitting at my dining room table yesterday reading it going like, <laughs> All right, I'm so making moat meal. What's that a commentary on? <laughs> It's so dumb. I love it. I'm making moat meal. Do you want some? Did you have a period when you were a kid where you thought that <laughs> castles were really cool and especially drawbridges? Oh, my God. Yeah, big yeah. time. And I remember a friend had like a My Little Pony castle that had a, a working drawbridge with a little crank. Oh, my and God. Yeah. It, oh, my God. I've not like thought about pony, that in like ages. The door, the, the door to the castle. Is that what they'd call it? The door? The door. <laughs> um, that was it big enough that a My Little Pony could Oh, yeah, could big through. time. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think I, this was a My Little Pony thing. There's a chance that it was for some other toy, but we used it for My Little Ponies. I mean, that's that's possible. Yeah. Story of my life, man. I mean, you're, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's okay to like mix the toys, right? <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> um, it, you know what I would like to visit? What? Uh, and maybe this has been done like at an amusement park or, or something, but... You know how, like, you're a kid and you think about, like, when I grow up, like, here's all the things I would have in my house. Yeah. Like like a drawbridge and a frozen yogurt machine and yes. I don't know. Yes, I want to visit an actual house that contains all of the things that, like, a six-year-old said they wanted to have in their cool house. Um, I just saw somebody I follow on Instagram went to some place in New Mexico uh, that's like some, like, museum or, like, weird art house kind mm -hmm. of thing. But anyway, they have weird art houses in New Mexico. <laughs> but anyway, you open the door to the fridge and it's actually a doorway like into this like small tunnel that opens into a bigger hallway. It was so I, oh. I watched a video of him opening the fridge door and walking into it. And it was like it was like. Uh, absolutely, I was speechless. So I love. There was this. also one where you could climb into the dryer, <gasps> and it took you into like a oh tunnel. Oh my god! Okay, I, I mean, am I right? This is so cool. It is super cool until you want like a can of root beer <laughs> or to dry your clothes. Yes, <laughs> yes. And then you're like, "Fuck this shit!" Oh my god! It <laughs> I was made a so... huge mistake. Can you imagine this if house. we if we went and opened your refrigerator right now and it was I actually know, like a, a like a hallway like this is it's like, enchanting. This is like a being John Malkovich kind of yes, thing. Yes, it's exactly like that. The four and fourth and a half floor. You know the the years since that movie has come out has not made it seem any less weird to me that that was a movie. Yeah, I mean, how did that happen? I don't know. Wow, I hadn't thought about that in a while. Mm -hmm. It's it's a troubling movie in some respects. Yeah, I remember I really liked it, and but I also found it disturbing. Yeah. Um, well, what's the point of that movie anyway? Oh, you know, it's about uh, identity and consciousness, and I'm just puppetry. I'm just making shit up. Oh, cool. Okay, <laughs> I am gonna read you another New Yorker cartoon. Okay. Okay, we're back to Roz Chat. Maybe maybe you should read some. Who's the who's the film critic? Peter Travers. No, it's Rolling Stone. That's Rolling Stone. Uh, who's the 
Uh, well, we've got like Anthony Lane. He's Anthony a film Lane. critic. Yeah, There's yeah. somebody else too, David Denby yeah. or something. Okay, maybe you should read one of their comps so we can so I can get a little film criticism under my belt, and then I can tell you all about being John Malkovich. Perfect. Okay, uh, so I feel like it's a little bit of a crime to to read aloud Roz Chest cartoons because so much of what makes Roz Chest funny is the, the the expressions on her characters' faces and the way that they often seem kind of like trembly. So. Let me so hang on a second. It sounds like maybe what you're what you're saying is <laughs> this was meant to be looked at right. and not read. Okay. At. Yeah. Okay. So this one, uh, it's a drawing of a magazine called Me Weekly. Okay. And it's got a drawing of a woman with uh, l- like a turtleneck and kind of a harried looking expression and this kind of wild crazy hair. And the the headlines that are, you know, like uh, on on the cover the magazine <laughs> okay me weekly okay here's the headline guess who tried to watch game of thrones <laughs> here's another one still mad at shirley yep that fancy new shampoo does fuck all <laughs> our dog has worms Aww. and so forth so it's just a magazine about like stuff that happened to me last week yeah i, I love still mad at shirley Guess who tried to watch Game of Thrones? Yep. I've never tried to watch Game of Thrones. I did. I tried. Um, I had a really hard, like, uh, I had a hard time getting past, like, there are some strong female characters in there, but there was so much use of women as, like, n- naked creatures. Yeah, that's why I haven't to tried to watch it. basically, like, be um, fucked with loud skin slapping sounds. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? Like, uh, I, uh, there's already too much of this in the world. Yeah. I didn't really. Okay. Anyway, great. Hey, welcome right. back to our wow. comedy now podcast. We, we've done film criticism. We've done TV <laughs> criticism. We've done cartoon criticism. We are covering all of the bases. Okay, here we go. This is called Waldo's Parents. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So you've got an old couple who look kind of trembly the way all the Ross Chast people do. And they're standing on a street and they are both wearing white hats with like some sort of dark colored tassel on top. And they're both wearing stripes. Okay. Okay. And the man says, anybody seen Waldo? <laughs> And the woman says, we haven't heard from him in almost two days. And the man says, we just want to make sure he's okay. Oh. Waldo's parents. Where's Waldo? Wow. Um, what do you think? I I feel like, wait I, wait, I was about to start like genuinely criticizing this cartoon, but like, that's funny. Uh, yeah. Like, I thought it might go are, way I mean, like, darker. Are we supposed to like laugh at these? I, I mean, I think that's that's a pretty funny joke. I guess it's okay. Like Waldo's parents, they don't know where Waldo is either. Okay, now I really enjoyed this one. So this, this again, Roz Chast, it has a title, and then underneath it are like three little like windows. Did you know that uh, in England, Where's Waldo is called Where's Wally? Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Great, carry on. Okay. So the title here is I'm Not a Feminist, But... Okay, I like this one already. So it's I'm Not a Feminist, But... And then below it, it says comics, C-O-M-I-X. I'm Not a Feminist, But... 
comics. Got it. First window is a woman sitting, uh, looking extremely cheerful at a table next to a plate of cookies holding a mug of coffee. And she says, I'm not a feminist, but I sure like coffee. (laughs) And then the next one is this woman who's really kind of doofy looking with like uh, kind of a big blowout and hair that flips out at the end. And she's kind of holding like holding her own hands and standing in a living room. And she says, I'm not a feminist, but I can't have salt. (laughs) And then the third one is a woman sitting in a chair looking really just doofy mm-hmm. and kind of a like a lot of that going around, kind of like waving her arms in the air. And she says, I'm not a feminist, but I am an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and I really enjoyed that one. What do you think? Um, it's good. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's some incisive social commentary, but also absurdist. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I like the hair in the in the middle frame. The hair. I'm not a feminist, but I can't have salt. <laughs> okay, now in a break from our uh, cartoons, and I mean, I should say I only chose cartoons that I liked. Okay, I, I, there were so many other New Yorker. Like here, hold on. Let's let's. So when I was a kid, let's let's go down memory lane. For okay, a wait, but hold on, hold on. Like here's one where there's a woman talking to a man at a birthday party. And he's opening presents and she, the caption says, thank you so much. I'll keep, or no, she's opening presents. Thank you so much. I'll keep this in my special box of things I can't throw away for fear of hurting someone's feelings. Oh, that is, that is a classic New Yorker cartoon punchline. I hate that kind of cartoon. I like the, I guess I like the absurdist ones. Yeah. Um, Wait, have I, I probably have on the show. It probably is one of the things that sparked this, but have I told you my favorite New Yorker cartoon? (laughs) <laughs> I don't think so. So it's uh, some uh, nurses talking at the nurse's station uh, in front of a sign that says pediatric ward. And there's a little tiny grim reaper coming out of the pediatric ward. Uh, and one of the nurses is saying, I know I should be sad, but he's just so cute. That's pretty great. <laughs> pretty good, right? Yeah. I've told you about my favorite one, which oh, I, yeah, I please. think, I think is again. what prompted this. I think so. I I keep it on my fridge. Um, I think at the t- it's also Ross Chast. Mm-hmm. I think uh, so. It's a picture of uh, of a couple sitting on the sofa, and there's a man, and he's the one who's clearly talking, and then the woman next to him is looking sort of spazzed out in the special <laughs> yeah. Ross Chast way. <laughs> and at the top it says freelance life, and the man is saying, "Honey, I'm still home." Oh wow, that's too true. It's, that's, right, it's yeah. too on the I'm nose. I'm sure you've huh? told me that before, and it made me feel uncomfortable last I time too. That. Okay. Um, I mean, but I'm going to vacuum today, so that's something. <laughs> yeah, that is. Something. Um, so, so when I was a kid, the thing I liked best in the New Yorker, I feel, I feel upset oh, with no. myself that I just oh, said no. that. It was not the cartoons, which I mostly didn't get. Did you read the get. New Yorker as a child? No, I didn't read the New Yorker as a child, but I read just the squibs, which are like what the are little the squibs. Uh, they're they're the little like uh, print bloopers that are at the. I don't think know oh, if they do them they anymore. They do, but they don't do them in every issue. Okay, I mean, it's I mean, they not... were fairly rare even back then. They okay. were in every issue, but only like maybe one or two. Like at the bottom of a column near the back of the issue, it would be like a funny misprint that they would make it a one-liner joke about. Okay. I thought these were hilarious. 
Wow. You know what else I loved as a kid? What? Uh, the back page of Consumer Reports, the selling it section. Oh, my God. I loved Consumer Reports. Yes. We've talked about Consumer oh, yeah, Reports, sure. haven't we? It's the greatest. It is absolutely the greatest. Um, I My dad had a New Yorker subscription when I was a kid, and I just remember rolling my eyes at it. It was like such a dad thing. And mm-hmm. then when I was off at college, he started clipping New Yorker cartoons and sending them of to course. me. Which is basically a requirement of middle age in, in men of a, a certain uh, social class, I uh-huh. think. Yeah. It's like how my grandma used to uh, clip uh, Hot Pockets coupons for me. <laughs> it's just like that. Uh-huh. So I may be the only person, I th- I'm told that I'm the only person in the world who actually laughs at shouts and murmurs on a regular basis. Oh, I think it's funny sometimes. Okay, so I, I have laughed multiple times so hard that I cry reading shouts and murmurs. So, and, and now you're going to make me cry. Yes. This one yesterday, I truly wept. Shouts and murmurs from January 1, 2018. Wow. Mm-hmm. Letters from a gold rush mother. Who's who's the author on this? Let's give, Sarah Bernstein. Let's give credit before... I was about to. Shredding her copyright. Sarah Bernstein, letters from a gold rush mother. Okay. The following letters were written by Mrs. Mildred Jackson of Boston to her son, Edward, in California. Okay. August 1, 1860. Dearest Edward, I hope this letter gets to you. I do not trust this Pony Express. <laughs> Be careful not to send any personal information on it. Margaret Mooseford's daughter sent a daguerreotype to her fiancé in California, and someone intercepted it and hung it in a tavern washroom, and now everyone in the territory of Utah has seen her dimples. <laughs> Love, Mother. I love this already. Okay, hang on. Okay. October 12, 1860. Dearest Edward. She spells his name wrong. <laughs> and there are a bunch of misspellings. Please forgive any errors in this letter, as I am still getting used to this quill pen. I do not know why they stopped making my old quill pen. I suspect, I suspect it is a flim flam to sell more quill pens. Oh, yeah, it's a flim flam. <laughs> this one doesn't have a metal nib. And they don't have the gray feathers anymore. They only have white. Oh, well, I am not complaining. People are dying of dysentery. <laughs> so the new pen does not work with my old ink well, so I had to buy another one of those as well. How do they get away with this? I hope your fever has passed. Love, mother. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> I'm going to keep going. Yeah, no, no, please read the whole thing. December 4th, 1860. Sweet Edward, I found a yellow button in the sitting room that I think belongs to you. <laughs> would, you would you like me to send it to you in California? Uh-huh. It is still a good button. <laughs> I also want to tell you about this new book that is causing quite a scandal here in the East. It claims that human beings are descended from apes and that we all used to live in a pond. It is by it is by Charles Dickens. I told Margaret Mooseford she could borrow it, but if you want, I can mail it to you instead along with the button. Love, love mother. Um Then the next day, December 5th, 1860. Dear Edward, I was wrong about the author of that book. It is Charles Dixon. Love mother. Can I can I interrupt to tell a story and then and then I want to hear the rest? 
Yeah. Um, uh, a couple years ago, um, in uh, in Tokyo, um, Iris and I got invited along to um, Iris's friend's Aikido practice, and um, it was it was at like a nearby community center, and uh, but it was like in the Aikido dojo, and up on the wall was a big picture of like the. Their their master, like possibly possibly like the like the founder of Aikido or something, um, you know, a very a very like uh, you know ven- venerable like uh, esteemed looking old man, bearded old man, who happened to look exactly like Charles Darwin. Oh my god! <laughs> um, and so I like I elbowed Iris like, why do they have a big picture of Charles Darwin on the wall? And then we had, then we kept giggling through this whole uh, you know solemn Aikido demonstration. Oh my god. Okay, that's it. Uh, December 20th, 1860. Dearest Edward, what was the name of your friend with the gray hat who was rather tall? Love mother. (laughs) (laughs) January 2nd, 1861. Dearest Edward, I want to tell you about an idea I had for a sort of traveling box on wheels that you could tie a horse to in the front. But Margaret Mooseford says that's a carriage. And I suppose (laughs) she's right. Please let me know about the button. Love mother. Oh, my God. That that is... uh... I, I got a call a couple years ago from my grandfather, who was 96 at the time, um, and is currently 101, was, was he like, I have this idea for a box, with, and you type into it, and then it tells you things about the world. Essentially, you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. Uh, his idea was that uh, he, he said he was going to uh, prevent uh, football concussions by in, by creating a helmet with water in it, <laughs> <laughs> and like I I really wasn't sure what to say. Like I didn't want to be too encouraging or discouraging. <laughs> that is delightful. I mean, I wanted to be very discouraging. But... Okay, February third, eighteen sixty one. Just imagine the sloshing. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> Dearest Edward, do you know how to make the sewing machine go? (laughs) (laughs) Of mother. April 22nd, 1861. Darling Edward, I don't want to worry you since I know you're having a hard time with weevils in your garden. But there is a civil war happening here. (laughs) Margaret Looseford thought you probably already knew about it in California, but I said you were likely too busy. They say it will be a bloody fight and everyone is frightened. There was an amusing cartoon about it in the newspaper with an eagle wearing a top hat and sitting on a broken house and Mary Todd saying, I thought they meant succeed. I am not getting it exactly right, but it was very droll. Um, Wait, so did you pick this because it has someone describing a cartoon in it? No, but it's perfect. I have sent the button. Love, mother. (laughs) Okay, we're getting close to the end. May 7th, 1861. Dearest Edward, Margaret Mooseford says there is a man in California passing out wooden nickels. Be careful. (laughs) Love, mother. July 23rd, 1861. Dear friend, if you are receiving this letter, it means that someone thinks you are top notch. Transcribe seven copies of this letter and post each one to a person you think is also top notch. Oh, man. If you receive a letter back, you are a handsome pippin. If you do not send seven letters, your family will succumb to smallpox. Sincerely, mother. July 28th, 1861. 
Edward, please excuse my last letter. Margaret Mooseford keeps sending these to me, and I'm too superstitious to ignore them. So I've told her to remove me from the list because you do not have time for this nonsense, nonsense, as you are so busy with all the gold you're finding out there. She needn't know that you have not found any. I'm sure you will. We're all very proud of you. Love, Mother. P.S. I have finished the Carl Dickman book. (laughs) Let me know if you would like me to send it. (laughs) It's so perfect. I mean, my favorite part of it is just the name Margaret Mooseford. My favorite part is Charles Dickens, Charles Dixon, mm-hmm. Carl Dickman. Carl Dickman is pretty funny too. Um, when it's you so real. when you were a kid, did you ever uh, receive and or forward on a chain letter? Um, I did once. I did. I remember. Yeah. I mean, these and this was in the pre-internet era. Oh, yeah, so yeah. these these were done with paper. Yeah. yeah, I remember that and quill pens. And quill pens. Yeah, they stopped making the kind of quill pen I like, though. Um, Yeah, I definitely did. And also, I I remember reading some sort of, like, you know, YA horror novel from, like, the the Christopher Pike era. Mm -hmm. uh, Where someone breaks a chain letter? About chain letters. Oh. Yeah, there was a whole, I think there was a whole series called, like, Chain Letter or something. That sounds good. I think. Sounds like it would in be very chain nostalgic. Letter, in your chain letter, did you was it like one of those like ransom letters where they've like cut and cut? <laughs> <laughs> they were cutting, yeah. <laughs> where they've cut letters out of a magazine, no. and pasted it together. That was the chain letter in the. Uh... <laughs> that sounds very tedious. <laughs> like to to like forward that on and like write your own copy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It would take all day. I mean, I remember making like a card for a friend that way. Oh, sure, sure. But but not something where you're going to have to like... Like send it to seven people right. so you can be a handsome Pippin. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I did that at some point too. I yeah. mean, not not because I kidnapped anyone or anything, mm-hmm. but just for fun. Just for, of course, just for fun. For, yeah, fun. Anyway... Um, Oh um, yeah, and then I remember the first time I I, uh, I came across like a computer font that, that looked like r- ransom note cutouts. Yes, so much fun. Oh man, I'm gonna use that font today. For your, yeah, for, well, you should. Wonder if I can turn in your next manuscript. In I should. In that, I should. My agent's gonna love it when mm-hmm. I send in my new proposal, formatted not in Times New Roman, but in whatever. Yeah. Maybe in Wingdings. That's Maybe always Wingdings. a fun one. Yes. Um, okay, well, this has been our uh, New Yorker Cartoons bonus episode. Yes, thank you so much for supporting this bullshit. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, thank you for giving me an actual job-related reason to look at New Yorker cartoons for like 45 minutes mm-hmm. yesterday afternoon. Yeah, our next bonus episode is going to be about recycling. Ooh. And really? you're going to get to get rid of that stack of New Yorkers. Oh, I see what you're doing. Get it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Everyone, please check your apartment for one of those invasive New Yorker stacks. Exactly. Yep. Uh, yeah. If you see it, don't don't approach it. Don't approach it. Just call. <laughs> don't try to deal with it call yourself. Call the recycling company. Call. Um, who's the editor of the New Yorker? Uh, David Remnick. Call David Remnick mm-hmm. um, at uh, 1-888-REMNICK. <laughs> Uh, he, he also wrote The Origin of Species, right? <laughs> no, that was Charles Dickman. Char- <laughs> Carl, Carl Dickman. Okay. Um, All right. <laughs> uh, and no, seriously, thank you very much for listening. And uh, we'll be back with another bonus episode in a few months. And uh, uh, see you on Thursday. Bye. Can you imagine being inside that thing? No. Okay.